Well, good morning. My name is Kyle Collins. I'm the community's pastor here. And as Susie shared, we have kind of a special family service together with kids and students in the room. And so I thought we could start like this. If you are in fourth grade or younger and you want to come up front, we're going to do a little uh, exercise. I could use some help catching your parents up to speed on the last kind of month of this worship series. So if you're fourth grade and younger and you want to come up front, you can come right up here. We're going to do kind of a special kids moment. Anybody who's maybe a fourth grade attitude can come up front too, or we need. All right, we got some takers. We got two. Who, who else? It's going to be fun. I wish I had candy to bribe you with, but. So we've been in this series. You guys can have a seat right here. You can sit on the stage if you want to. Awesome. Thank you for your help. What's in here? All kinds of good stuff. So we've been in a series called Worship, Coloring Outside the Lines. And we've been talking about what does it mean to worship together, okay? And so what I thought we could do is take a few minutes here, and you guys can help catch up mom and dad, because some of them missed services, and some of them weren't paying attention, and we can kind of catch them up to speed, okay? And so one of the things we've been talking about is this idea of worship. Who knows what worship means? Does anybody have an idea? When I say the word worship, what does that word mean? Anybody have a guess? Go ahead. Following God with all your heart. That's a great definition. What else? Praising God. God, Absolutely. What else? Who's got a definition of worship? Go ahead. Talking to God. God, Sure. Yeah, we said in the services. Praying to God. Absolutely. And praying. We said in the services. Go ahead. I am praying to my mom and dad. Yeah, you pray with your mom and dad? Yeah. Yeah. We said in the services that worship is just expressing love to God. And we had this illustration that I wanted to do with you guys. We brought up a box a few weeks ago, and it had the word worship on it, and we asked your mom and dad what were some of their favorite songs to sing, and we put them in the box. So let me ask you guys this. What are some of your favorite worship songs to sing? Who's got one? What do you got? A, B, C, D. A, B, C, D. A, B, C, D, God Loves Me. We're going to put it in there. What else? Who's got another worship song that they like to sing? You like that one too? We'll put it in there twice. How about anybody else know any songs? Songs that you sing? Maybe songs you sing up in the children's church? Go ahead. Good, good father. I like that song too. I got it right here. What else? Anybody else says Heavenly Father? Heavenly Father? Okay. Any other ones? I bet if we took all of the songs that you guys know, and all the songs I know, and all the songs mom and dad knows, and we threw them all in here, I'm just gonna put them all in. We'd, we'd have a box full of worship songs. But look at the box for a minute. You see? It's still pretty empty, huh? So one of the things we've been saying is that worship is more than just singing songs. We could take all the songs that we know and put it into our box of worship. And then we could put them all together. We could put, that would be a long song. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. That would be long. But even with all the songs we know in there, there's still lots of room in that box. So what else could we fill that box with? Did you know? Toys, yeah. You're jumping ahead. So did you know that when, uh, in, when God created the earth, in Adam and Eve, he came to Adam and Eve and he gave them three ways to worship God. He gave them a job to do. He made them caretakers of God's stuff and the earth and the other animals and the people. And he says, as you take care of these things, you're worshiping me. And he gave them stuff to enjoy. He gave them stuff to eat and to, to do in the garden. And as they enjoyed those things, he said, as you enjoy and receive what I've made for you, you worship. And then he gave them stuff to avoid. He gave them a rule, and he said, I don't want you to eat from this one tree. 
And he says, as you listen to me in that, that's part of worshiping and expressing your love to me by doing all those things. So we express love to God. Go ahead. Uh, peaches make you itchy. Peaches make you itchy. That's true for some of us. So here's my question to you. In light of that, what are some things that you enjoy doing? What's some stuff that you like to do? Go ahead. You like to pray to God when you're sad? That's good. We're going to put that in the box. What's something you like to do? Front flip on trampoline. Front, front flip on trampoline. Okay. So we're going to pretend that this is a guy doing a front flip, okay? And we're going to put that in the box. Did you know that you can do a front flip on the trampoline with God? And that could be part of worship. Isn't that crazy? So it's not just doing things, but doing things with God. And some of the things that you love to do, you can actually do with God, and that can be worship. You can express love to God by enjoying the things that he's kind of created. What are some other things you guys like to do? Right here. I like swimming. You like swimming? Okay. We're going to put swimming in the box. I don't have a prop for that one. What do you, what do you like to do? Uh, flying in an airplane. Flying in an airplane. Okay, we're going to put an airplane in there. What do you guys like to do? Play in the swimming pool? All right. What about you? I like to, to play by, by myself sometimes. You like to play by yourself sometimes? We're going to put these blocks. Sometimes you just go play with some blocks in there. So I'm going to throw a car in here, playing with cars. I'm, some of you guys probably like to play video games. We'll put some batteries in our box. Go ahead. Uh, I love picking the dog. Picking the dog. That's coming. I, thanks for helping me out and checking my props. <laughs> I appreciate that. Does anyone like to listen to music? Kind of listen to music. We'll put a little speaker in there. How about eating pizza? Anyone like to eat pizza? Can you eat pizza with God? You can eat pizza without God, but you can eat pizza with God too. Uh, God is in your heart. Yeah, God's in your heart. And that's the idea, right? So it's not just doing stuff. It's doing stuff with God. And God wants us to enjoy the things that he created. And when we invite him into that, it can be an incredible way to express love to him. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, does anyone have any rules at their house? Any kind of things that they're supposed to do? What's a rule at your house? So when you, you have bunk beds, and are you supposed to stay in your bunk bed and not go in your sister's bunk bed? Yes. Is that a rule? And not jump off the bunk bed, is that a rule? Oh yeah. What's a rule in your house? Uh, you, have, you have to clean up your room. You have to clean up your room. Okay. What's a rule in your house? No, no running. No running. Okay. What's a rule in your house? at the end? Either of you. You guys have any rules? That's okay. I put you on the spot. That wasn't fair. No hitting. No hitting. That's a good rule. So here's the idea that God gave us these rules and he gave us these things to avoid. And when we obey and we listen to those rules and we honor them, that's also a way of expressing love to God. Because some of those rules are there for our good. They're for our benefit. And when we just listen and obey, that's one other way that we can express worship. So I'm going to put these list of rules, and I'm going to put them in our worship box, because as crazy as it sounds, sometimes just listening and obeying can be a way that we express love to God. 
It's too empty. We'll put a basketball in there too because we like to play. Well, hold on on the dog. Who's got, who's got uh, a pet or a sibling? I, I have a cat, two cats. They're not the same, a pet or a sibling. Okay. Yeah, two ducks? Wow, two doggies. Okay, well, here's the idea. Did you know that taking care of your pet and taking care of your sibling is a way that you can be a caretaker? That's part of the job that God gave us to do. And when you look out for people and you take care of them, uh, that's one way that you can worship and express love to God. So I'm going to put this a dog, Clifford, in our box. Now look at our box. He's a big red dog. Look at our box. Look at all the stuff that's in there. It's still not filled up, right? We could we could put a water bottle in there. We could put all kinds of things in there. Here's the idea. There is a lot that you can do to worship God besides just singing songs. But that God also pays attention to our heart. And so it's not just doing things, it's doing things with him, and it's about our heart posture as we do it. Sometimes we worship because of what God does, and sometimes we worship just because of who God is. So here's what I want you to do. I want you this week to take something that you love to do, something you like to eat, something that you like to play with, and I want you to invite God to do it with you, okay? I want you to do that thing with God, and that's worship. And then I want you to tell somebody about it, okay? Tell mom or dad or somebody about what you did. Is that good? All right, thanks for letting me catch the oldies up to speed. You guys can have a seat. We're going to keep going. You going to help me? Oh, she will, too. I love it. Well, that's it. That's the last month. We're kind of closing up our worship series, and that's a little bit of what we've been talking about. But I love what's happening here today because there's something significant as we gather not just as adults in this room, but as children and as students together, that there's something about our worship together as a community uh, that's significant. And over the last month, we've talked a lot about worship as it relates to us individually and personally with God. But most of the instruction that we receive and the things that we see in scripture about worship, they're geared towards a group of people. They're given to a group of people, not just to individuals. I want you to think about that for a minute. That most of how scripture talks about worship is not just something that I personally and individually do with God. It, that is worship for sure. But it's something communally that we do together, gather together. Hebrews 10 says this, it says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The worship is communal, it's meant to be done together, let us, but more than that, it's meant to be intergenerational. And here's something crazy to think about. In scripture, the, the term all generations appears more than 91 times. That God's instruction to us as we were to gather together, as we were to worship, is to worship together as a community and to do it uh, in multiple generations. And here's the truth. We need our students to lead us, and not just on Sunday mornings. We need our students to lead us to God. And we need our children, we need to have space for our children to make observations about who God is and how he works. And we need to create space to listen. There's something about our gathering together and our worshiping together that God has designed it in such a way that we really need 
one another. And we see God unveiled in new ways as we come and as we gather together. Things that we would miss if it was just us all by ourselves, individually, alone. And so we need that. And we don't just need it on Sunday mornings. We need it all the time. I think there's a number of reasons that God designed our worship to be communal rather than just individual. Uh, But can we acknowledge for a minute that it makes things a little bit harder and that it makes things a little bit messier? Uh, When we gather together, all together, uh, and it's not just about us, uh, there's things that we don't like. There's things that aren't to our preference. Uh, You know, in private worship and individual worship, I'm in the driver's seat and I make all of the decisions. I decide what I want to read, what I want to listen to. I can have my perfect Spotify worship playlist. I can go worship on the river fly fishing. My wife would hate that. Uh, But when it's individual worship, I can do all kinds of different things and I can connect to the heart of God. Um, But I make the choices, what to read, what to listen to, how long to linger, what to, to talk about with God. But when we worship together, it does something. I think it does two things. First, it reminds us that primarily and foundationally, our faith is about receiving. It's not about our own effort and initiation. It's not just about us doing, it's about receiving. And so when we gather together, others pick the music, others pick the songs, the scripture, others preach, others pray, and we're positioned to just receive. That can be a hard thing at times but it's something that we're designed uh, to do and, and to remember. And, and the second thing it does is this, is that often the things that people pick, the songs that they pick, how long we linger in that element, the way they preach, maybe isn't to our preference or exactly how we like it. I get more out of worshiping God by myself than I do worshiping him with all of you guys, honestly. There's a piece to that, but that's okay. And I would say that it's actually designed that way that there's something about our gathering together that reminds me that it is not about me. And I'm really good at making it about me. (laughs) But there's something when we gather together and we receive from one another and we let others lead us and we just sit in these seats, it is not about us. It's about one another. And ultimately, it's about God. And it is something that we need to be reminded that our worship is about him and it's about one another. And there's something in our gathering together that's a reminder to us. It's about our relational God that calls us to be in relationship with him and with others. It's about who we say we are. It's a way of participating in the body of Christ. It's a way of saying that we need each other. And so the frustration that I feel in worship not being exactly the way I like it, um, it is that reminder that it's not about me. And if I can be so bold to say, I think worship in this sort of way together, it can be a great way to practice discipleship. It's a way of dying to our propensity to be self-centered. It leads us to a new way of worshiping. It reminds us that it's not about us, but it's about him. And it positions us to just receive. And so God made us for community, okay? He named the community the church. We're always been meant to walk out this journey of faith together. So why would worship be any different? It would make sense that God, and the way that he created us and wired us, that he would want us to walk out this love of God together in relationship with one another communally. Uh, And so we know from the last few weeks some of what it looks like to worship. And all of those same ideas apply from from what we've been talking about individually and how we connect with God to how we worship uh, God together. Uh, It is uh, not just about doing like we talked about with the kids. It's about doing with God It's connected to our heart and to our posture before the Lord. Uh, There's kind of a positioning of our hearts. 
Um, and you know, the letter Paul writes to the Colossians gives some other clues about some of the elements that are present in our gathering together and in our worship together. Colossians 3.16 says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And so we see some of the elements that there's a the reading of God's word, there's a gathering to teach and to admonish and encourage, there's psalms and hymns and songs that we would gather. And so those are some of the pieces that we have to our liturgy or to, the, to our gathering together. But I love that last part of the verse, with thankfulness in your hearts to God, that there's a positioning and an emphasis on our heart as we come together and as we join one another. There's another great us verse about worship in Psalms. Psalm 95, 1 through 11 says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Here's what I love about it. If you remember from a few weeks ago, we talked about the difference of hearing the music instead of just learning the dance steps. And sometimes in worship, we can take time to just uh, learn about what it is that we should do, but we miss kind of this, this bigger part. It's the music of the grace of the gospel. It's who God is. And if we remember that our worship is a response to who God is, then we have to take time to turn up the volume of the music. We have to see him for who he is. And the author in Psalms does this. He paints this incredible picture of who God is. And there's something about when we gather together, we see him more clearly. When we gather together, our awe of who God is is accentuated. When we gather together in worship, our joy is doubled. When we gather together in worship, we are part of this thing where we turn up for each other the music of the grace of the gospel. And the overflow of that is our worship together. The overflow of that is kind of our singing and, and the liturgy of what we have. And so most of our liturgy, or what we do on Sunday mornings, has been shaped by texts like these. And the way that people have worshipped from the very beginning it has been very similar. There's a gathering and a reading of God's word. There's a time of prayer, maybe confession. We practice communion and baptism uh, and we sing songs together. And all of this has been passed down from generation to generation. And it's part of our worship together. But I want us to think about worship, not just in what happens on Sunday morning, but what would our communal worship or our public worship look like outside the walls of this place? You know, the word liturgical, what it means is just public worship. And liturgy, it comes from a Greek word meaning the public ministering to or worship of God. So what would liturgical or what would our liturgy look like not on Sunday mornings? What would it look like with some of the people in this room worshiping God together outside the walls of this place? In the same way that we often think about just singing songs when we think about worship, when we think about gathering together in, in worship, we often just think about this room on Sunday mornings. But we don't think about kind of what's happening beyond this place. And so here's, here's something I think might be helpful. There's essentially four parts to our liturgy on Sunday mornings that we practice. And you may not even realize that you do this every Sunday, but you do. There's kind of four parts that we, we think through and that we plan and we prepare for. The first is just a gathering together. 
that when God's people come together in a space, we gather together. And so that might be a time of sharing things that are happening in the community. It might be a time where we practice baptism. We might have some prayers together, uh, even a time of confession. We may read a confession together. Um, there's some singing that happens, but there's a gathering together. It's kind of the first movement of our, of our public worship, our worship of God together. And then there's a uniting around the table. We practice communion and we break bread and, and there's this uh, remembrance of who God is and what Christ did for us. And as we partake in that, we unite and we come and we gather around the table and it's a part of our worship of God. And then there's a sharing of God's stories and there's a sharing of the stories of God's people. And we believe this, that the sharing of God's stories, we, we open scripture and we read it and we see all about kind of who God is and what he's done. But we also believe that the stories of his people in this place are, are who God is and what he's done. And so we create space to have some teaching and, and maybe some testimonies or some scripture reading or stories told about what you guys are all doing. There's a responding to God. There's this sharing of God's stories and the stories of his people. And that, that happens, that element happens when we come together and we worship together. Those would probably be the three that you would throw back at me as that's what we do on Sunday morning. But there's a fourth, and it's really important and significant. And it happens every week. There's a scattering into the world. There's a time of benediction at the end of our services, a time of prayer, maybe a time of commissioning as we send teams and, and people out but there's this belief that what happens here is not just for here, but there's a scattering that happens. As the sent people of God, we're sent back into the places we live, work, and play. And then we go have coffee and donuts, and there's some fellowship. But these are kind of the four movements of how we gather together and how we do worship together. Now, I want you to look at those and ask the question, what would the four of those look like if it wasn't happening on a Sunday morning? If I put you in a room with 15 of these people, and this is what you did together, and you worshiped God together, you invited him into it, you did it with God, what would it look like? What would your gathering together look like? Maybe be around a barbecue grill, maybe at a soccer game or a neighborhood park. But what would it look like to gather together as part of a worship to God? What would it look like to unite at the table? Maybe sharing a meal in your home with some neighbors. Maybe be around the lunch table at work. What would it look like to break bread with some folks and do that as worship to God? What would it look like to share God's stories and the stories of his people if we didn't do it just at, from a preacher from the pulpit on a Sunday morning? What would it look like maybe to, to share some of how God has been at work in your life? What would it share, look like to share of some of how you see God at work around you, things that he's done in your life and invite people into it and give space. What would that scattering look like into the world if we walked as Jesus' people into every coffee shop, into every store, into every gym that we walked into? What would it look like if we did it as worship? In the everyday mundane of our lives, we worshiped together, not just individually. Individually, yes, but also as God's people, also together in community. Might our gathering together, our uniting around tables, our sharing stories of God, scatter, of God scattering into the world, if it was applied to our workplaces, our neighborhoods, the places we play, what would it look like? 
1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whether you eat or whether you drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And this is what we're talking about. And today, we get a chance to practice it. Right after second service, I hope you'll join us. We're going to step outside together. And there's an opportunity for you to worship as we stand in line in food trucks, as we watch kids play, as we participate in some yard games, as we break bread in camp chairs in the parking lot. There's a chance for us to worship together as God's people here in this place. And I'm convinced of this, that God is just as pleased with our worship outside the walls of this church that he is inside the walls. And we're good at worshiping here. We've learned the steps. We know what it looks like. But what would it look like to stretch ourselves to move outside of this place? And in the same way that our worship becomes all of kind of who we are, that, it, that it's completely holistic and it encompasses all of these different pieces in our walk with God, what would it look like to gather together and to let that communal worship happen just beyond Sunday mornings into kind of all of these places? So I'm going to invite the band up. We're going to sing. That's it. That's all we have today. But as we sing, would we enter into God's presence with thanksgiving in our hearts? Could we practice the stuff we've been leaning into together for the last five weeks? Would our hearts uh, be in a place where we could see God for who he is? Would we help each other in this room even turn up the volume of the music? And would our worship not end? Could we not leave him here but take him with us? And could we continue our worship the rest of today and this week?